Well, hello there, boys, ghouls, and in-betweeners. <laughs> See what I did there? Because of the Halloween and the spoopy. Whoopsie. <laughs> this is a terrible intro. I'm wasting your time. I'm sorry. Hi, it's me, KP. How the hell are you? It's good to be back in your ears, my friends. Uh, this week, my guest is Mike Builder, the CEO, the boss, the head honcho, numero uno, the big cheese, over at Jackbox. You might know Jackbox. You don't know Jack, which is a game that they made, but you might know Jackbox, the game who made that game, or the company who made that. They're the company who makes the game that you may or may not know, the title of which says you don't know Jack, but Jackbox is the company that makes... <sighs> Mike is a great guy. Hashtag GG, can confirm, great guy. Can I, uh, with 100% certainty, say that after one conversation? Yes, absolutely, unequivocally. Sometimes you just know. And it might take decades for that shoe to drop, and I won't be around to see it. I'm burning so bright, I'm, I'm done in a year or two, tops. But Mike's a great guy. I thoroughly enjoyed our chat, and whether you cared deeply about the video game industry or the way that business is run uh, or the way the products are consumed. It doesn't matter. Mike's story, uh, his involvement with the industry tangentially uh, at first and then his rise to power <laughs> as the CEO of Jackbox. You're gonna hear all about it and it has parallels and, and the pitfalls are the same and the trials and the tribulations uh, are, are, are very much relatable to any industry. Uh, I appreciated how candid he was. Uh, his authenticity comes through. Just a, a great guy and I was very, very happy to have that conversation with him. And speaking of great guys, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even, uh, my shoulder hurts too much because I'm too old and tired, but I can't even reach around and pat myself on the back, even sarcastically enough to allow a transition from what seems to be a genuinely great human being uh, to myself. I can't let that fly. I can't. So let's let that go together. Please forgive me. I hope we're still friends at the end of this, but I do want to promote the Patreon for the Pointless Podcast. If you want to give back uh, through this podcast to the world, because as of now, not a single dollar of uh, the Patreon donations are going to me. We're giving them all away, and today it's the end of October, which means uh, I'm going to be posting a poll over on the Patreon to decide where this month's funds go. Uh, you can back it. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. Again, that's Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. Pointless, P-O-D. Head on over there. Uh, all the content is free. It just gives me, uh, I guess, a glorified pay-gated blog to chat with you. But again, nothing is actually pay-gated. Maybe down the road, there'll be some exclusive episodes and behind-the-scenes whatevers. But for right now, it's all a big uh, charity drive. Uh, so every month, we're giving those dollars away. If you want to contribute this month, I would appreciate it. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. Hop on in for a dollar or ten, uh, however many lattes you're good for and we'll try to shove it all out the door and totally not wreak havoc with my tax returns this year. Um, so thank you to everybody who is supporting over there. It means a lot. Thank you to everybody who's chatting on the Discord. And last week, I asked you all to just say what's up if you're out there listening. And I can see by the numbers, there are thousands of you and a handful of you, thankfully, took to the Twitter sphere and some to even the Instahams. And you let me know that you're listening. Please do that as well. Even if you don't have a dollar to spend on this thing, that's totally fine. 
I don't think that that's the future of this. But in the meantime, the right now, the present, I'd like to be present together. So if you can take two seconds, just say what's up. I'm at attack on Twitter. I'm at Kevpur on the Instagrams. You can figure that out if you smash your head into Bing hard enough. But the point is, it's good to know you're out there. I appreciate the appreciation. And I hope you enjoy this episode of the Pointless Podcast with Jack Box CEO, Sir Mike Builder. A plus fade out on the music, Alex. You get a gold star to bring home to your mama today. Put it on the chart. Finally. Uh, not so excellent attendance. Definitely some hygiene issues and get a little fussy around nap time. But A plus on the fade out, Alex. Well done. That's all I can do. Well, hello there, boys, girls, and in-betweeners. Welcome to yet another pointless podcast. I'm going to waste no time because I've already wasted enough of my guest's time. And his time is actually money, unlike mine. My time is just tears and eventual bankruptcy, by the way. Spoiler, that's where this is headed. But my guest today is a gaming industry veteran. He worked previously at Midway Games. He was the general manager for Jackbox Games. He's currently the CEO. He's in the highest floor of the ivory tower. He casts a large shadow over the rest of the gaming industry. You're all peasants to him, so bow down, kneel before Mr. Mike Builder. How are you, Mike? I'm great. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing very well. Thank you again for joining me today on the old Pointless Podcast. Congratulations. Today's a big day for you. Yeah, real big. We launched Party Pack 5 today on PS4, and then tomorrow on just about every other platform you can think of. That 24-hour exclusive window. Congratulations. Did 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 Sony, do they give you a gold-plated jet ski for that? What do you think? No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Is it just a logistical thing? Like, hey, why don't we, let's launch there for a second, and then when everything works, we'll add another hamster running on a wheel in an Amazon yeah. server somewhere. When, when, you know what? When you ship on 10 different platforms, yeah. it's really hard to coordinate doing them all on the same day. So. That's fair. I like, I'm sure there's going to be industry conspiracy theories though. I like a tinfoil hat approach to it rather than the, rather than the it's pragmatic, fine. let's ramp up. As long as I get a gold plated jet ski, I'm yeah. totally fine. <laughs> you got it, man. I'm sending you three. Um, so this is, did you get a, do you, does your team get a push ring? I just found out what those are apparently. Are you familiar with the concept of a push ring? I, I'm not actually. So when, uh, uh, when someone gives birth, Apparently, it's now it's now customary because De Beers wasn't selling enough blood diamonds. It's customary to provide a gift, a bit of a push ring. So how do you celebrate with your team on a day like today? They've been working hard. It's now delivered. It's out on the PS4. I mean, they have to prep for the next 24 hours where it launches everywhere else. Right. But on the That's other right. side of that, is it an ice cream social? Uh, yeah, uh, tomorrow is the bigger day. Yeah. There'll be a big lunch. There'll be drinks. Um, t- tomorrow's launch day. Today is still, you know, biting the teeth and or biting the nails with your teeth and trying to make sure everything's aligned for tomorrow. Um, but uh, but yeah, then Thursday we jump right into postmortem on Thursday. So the game has been out for 24 <laughs> hours. We're gonna beat each other up on postmortem, <laughs> and then we're gonna go drink and go bowling and and have a big party on Thursday. Oh, okay, all right, that's good. So there's there's the refractory period happens after you guys are gonna that's right. gonna point fingers. Lace up That's some right. soccer cleats, kick each other around, and then when everybody's beat up and bruised, it's like, all right, let's try to bowl some turkeys. Then we all hug, exactly. <laughs> we all have some beers and we all bowl. Yep. That's awesome. Mike, I want to uh, chat briefly about your history, if you don't mind, because I saw sure. uh, on, a, on a LinkedIn deep dive uh, that oh. you began your career, if, I'm, if maybe this isn't the beginning for you, but at least it is uh, uh, technical resume-wise. You started as a software engineer for Motorola? 
I did. I was working on GSM cellular technology on the base station side. Whoo, Alex, play some sultry music because you know Pretty GSM base station stuff. technology really gets very, me going. Very exciting programming. <laughs> yeah. And at what? <laughs> at, at, at two or three years in, you decided if I see another spreadsheet or have to deal with another line of this code, I'm going to stab yeah. my eyes out with a plastic fork? Yeah, so I, uh, I actually knew in college that I wanted to make video games. Mm -hmm. I, I knew then that was going to be my career path. And it was a matter of finding the way in. Um, and it was very different back then than it is now. I mean, now, you know, you can download an Apple SDK and make a game on an iPhone in your house if you wanted to. Sure. You know, back, back then there were the big publishers, many more of them than there are now. And, uh, you know, it was a little harder to get in. So... Um, so I took a job at Motorola, um, you know, good company. Uh, I'm in Chicago, so it's local. Mm -hmm. And uh, I figured I'd cut my teeth there. And as I built up my resume of software engineering, I'd start applying all over the place. And Midway Games happened to be in Chicago, and they were one of the biggest players at the time, at least in coin-op and then, and then home console stuff. So, so the thought uh, at the time was, okay, Motorola, earn some XP, level up enough to maybe make the move to a gaming company. It wasn't, oh, let's get in at Mo Motorola because mobile games may take off someday. Back then it was probably right. more like, was it WAP technology? Exactly. You could do a, a text adventure yeah, and that's about exactly. it. Right, and every carrier had their own app store <laughs> yeah. and you could buy Snake on every app store. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, very different model back then. Um, that was not the plan. I had no intention of making a gaming career in the cellular world at the time. So. so you made the leap from Motorola to Midway and you were there for a few years. What was the ascension like then? And, and can you paint a picture of what the industry was like? You mentioned it was a handful of publishers, but are we talking, yeah. which, which consoles were out at that point? What was the PC scene looking like? Yeah. So uh, believe it or not, when I started there, I joined to work on the next NFL Blitz coin-op machine. Ah. So I was programming on the sports station, which was the NBA hang time and NFL blitz mashup of those two games in point up. And uh, it was one of my favorite games at the time. So it was kind of a dream come true to land on that team. And uh, within six months of working there, they shuttered all of coin up. Yeah. And that, that industry, you know, got the final nail in the coffin. So everybody transitioned into the home teams. And at the time we were programming for PS2. Okay. So PS, PS1 was already out. Um, Dreamcast had kind of just come out and had its heyday, um, and the company actually bet big. They had 13 launch I titles. I know, I know. Yeah. Crazy. If I had uh, a 40, I'd pour some out. I, I, it was yeah. one of my favorite consoles, but unfortunately, yeah. even just the hype for the PlayStation 2 and their emotion engine at the time was enough right, to, yeah. to turn the Dreamcast yeah. into a nightmare for Sega. Yeah, it, it's a bummer. It was a bummer for Midway, too, because they... Yeah put all their chips in that Dreamcast. So you, so you leave yeah. Motorola, uh, yeah. you know, you're like, let's rip off the tie and grab a trendy messenger bag and maybe a cold brew at the time. You were a, a trailblazer. You go in and you think, oh, awesome. <laughs> Blitz, great franchise, coin right. op. Man, I love it. Every time someone plays, we're getting some 25 cents, maybe a dollar right. a pop. This is, oh right. shit. Okay, revolving door, come back around. You think, that's <laughs> all right, we got the Dreamcast. Great right. console, we're betting big. Yep. Son of a bitch. Another revolution. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I never moved on to Dreamcast. Um, thankfully, a bunch of other teams had worked on that and and realized it wasn't going to be successful. So I moved directly from the coin-op team to the NFL Blitz 2002 uh, team on PlayStation 2 and Xbox One and I guess GameCube, I think, would have been that time frame as well. Um, and so we PS2 is our primary SKU, so we had those giant... 
PS2 dev tools. Yeah. It used to burn out all the time and um, big and refrigerator so, yeah, so, size PC because they were like, look, don't worry. By the time your game comes out, we're going to figure out how to squeeze this down, we think. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. It won't overheat. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I did that. I did programming for a couple of years, uh, you know, working on games, working on NFL Blitz and, and loved it. It was like a dream come true. It's basically what I dreamed of doing. Um, and, uh, and I landed that job. So it was awesome. Um, but I moved out of programming. I kind of realized, you know, early on that, uh, you know, I was good, but I wasn't great. There were far better programmers. And what I, you know, tended to do well was organize things yeah. and where, you know, it was a very haphazard way of developing on coin op. There were these kind of micro teams of five, 10 people. Um, and you know, there wasn't really a producer and a schedule or any of those kind of things that you need to make any kind of product. And, uh, how did that work? Was it just a, a talking stick and a whiteboard? And then it's like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You write a line of code. Like, I'll do a line here. This is Atari days, baby. We'll hopefully yeah. ship something at the end of the day. Yeah, very much. It's like, here's one artist and maybe another artist. Here's wow. a couple programmers and the lead programmer is the team lead and, uh, and, and go. And, you know, there's quarterly check-ins as a company to see what the progress is, but basically upper management supports you and keeps funding your project and you just, you keep going. And that's how- was, Do you think that was unique to Midway at the time or was that happening with any you know publisher that was dealing with sort of the coin op scene? I think coin op was very much like that. Yeah. It was very much wild west. And- Cause it sounds know, very the, much like the eighties. It sounds like, well, this worked yeah. then, let's just keep it going yeah. and- I mean, oh. very much like Atari 2600 development or yeah. those kind of, you know, like a couple of guys or one guy or, you know, a team of a few people put put together and they they put out a game in six months or a year or whatever it takes and so you know we're suddenly in this new realm of the emotion engine and far more complex 3d rendering engines and things that we need to do on these home consoles um, that require much bigger teams and uh and there wasn't a lot of organization around it and so um you know one of the things i did besides program was try to lead and try mm -hmm. to put some coalesce the team around goals and milestones. And, um, and, uh, and so I kind of naturally moved into that type of role, which led into production. And so, um, you know, Blitz was a big passion project of mine. Uh, and so I ended up doing a number of them at Midway um, and uh, moved on as an executive producer. So running the franchise, then moved on as to as a director of sports. So all the sports products that we were putting out, which was NBA ballers and NHL hits and MLB slugfest and all those games. Um, so ultimately I kind of moved into a management role. Sure. Uh, now was that, did you have the, the presence of mind and the vision to sort of see, okay. I mean, you did say like, I was a good programmer, but not the greatest. Was yeah. it, did you recognize that greatness, that leadership greatness in yourself and pitch yourself as such to Midway or did Midway say, Hey, you know, we could really use some organization over here. It's Lord of the yeah. flies. There's pizza slices yeah. flying through the air. We need someone to, to whip this team into shape. I, I think it's a little of both. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of, you know, I recognized like I will plateau as an engineer at some point, but I, I enjoy doing this kind of management and leadership mm -hmm. as well as it was desperately needed and people that were doing it and succeeding at it were, were certainly recognized in the company. And, um, and so, you know, I, I ascended fairly quickly uh, through a number of positions and ultimately was running the Chicago studio uh, when I left. So that was all of the product development teams in Chicago which included Mortal Kombat and Stranglehold and a bunch of other kind of big AAA titles. So you, you decided to make the leap? I did, I did. Um, the company uh, had just ousted the CEO 
uh, the board had, and we were bleeding cash. Uh, they, had, they had made a number of acquisitions. They acquired a bunch of little teams, little studios, with the intention of trying to kind of uh, propel themselves to the next echelon of publisher, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we're a middling publisher, and we want to get up to, like, EA and Activision size, so we need many more games. So they kind of leveraged the company quite a bit, and they scaled up very fast, and they tried to make a number of very ambitious games, including a number of open-world games, thinking, oh, it's pretty easy to make those kind of games. <laughs> right. Um, Everyone's got one. Let's throw three in the portfolio. Yeah. We'll, we'll raise a round off those projections, yeah. and we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and so ultimately, they had to course correct, and um, the CEO was let go, and some additional um, kind of reorganization happened internally, and there was a window of time where it felt like this ship could be righted, otherwise it was going down, mm -hmm. and um, and I did not have confidence that that was going to happen. So, uh, so I started looking. So you jumped um, off. You're like, I'm not waiting for the lifeboats. I'm not yeah. rearranging chairs on this Titanic. I'm getting in the drink. Let's swim. Right. Now, uh, you know the 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 kind of variables involved there. I was doing my MBA at the time, so I was going to school at University of Chicago. So relocation wasn't really an option. I needed to finish that, um, not to mention other family and other things that tie me to this area. And uh, you know, EA Chicago had already imploded. Um, Midway Chicago was kind of the only remaining big publisher here. So the Midwest, there wasn't a ton of options, um, but I cast the net and I started looking and, uh, and I got lucky that there was a you know, nondescript kind of job, job posting that came through me, to me through a recruiter didn't say what the company was, you know, said it had this 15 year gaming history and it was based in Chicago and they're looking for a GM and it was like this. a job offer from the Riddler. Like there's look, there's a question mark on the envelope. If I open it up, vague. I got to solve the puzzle. And if I escape the room, the job is mine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but you know, there was a gauntlet of interviews to get the job. So, uh, if there's, uh, you know, any testament to, to Harry, who's the founder of the company, um, he definitely, went through an exhaustive process to make sure he hired somebody that he felt confident in. And thankfully sure. enough, that was me. So. so let's, can we chat briefly about the history of Jackbox games? Because sure. initially it was, it, it wasn't real. Well, I know, yeah. I know you don't know Jack, but then yeah. it was, uh, then I was told that it wasn't initially a gaming company. Yeah. So, um, it's a long story. I'll try to be brief with it. Company was formed in 1989 or around that time frame as a company called learn television. And they were working on edutainment type products. So they put out a game called That's a Fact Jack, which was very much like You Don't Know Jack and that it was a game show. Um, but it came with a teacher's manual and it was full of questions about literary works that are typically studied in, you know, uh, sixth grade through 12th grade kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so heavier had, focus on the information and not the attainment part. It's more, more edu well, than attainment. Yeah, I think, you know, like that's it's kind of that's a that's a kill word, right? Like edutainment. Like, yeah. You don't ever want to be called that. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it's a, a thousand it's a, children just simultaneously passed out into their go-gurt and coloring books. <laughs> like, no, I don't I don't want this in my life. Give me more right. Fortnite skins. I don't want to learn. Exactly. Right. It, it, can I get an emote dance? In yeah, this, exactly. uh, entertainment product? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it it, uh, it 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 had some success. Um, it, it actually had kind of an attitude like, you don't know, Jack did. Mm -hmm. So there was a host, there was actually a video host on the screen. Um, and he, you know, had some snarkiness to him and he made it fun. So, so this, I think this it, I'm sorry, was this like a CD-ROM offering back in the day then? Yeah, As those exactly. first started coming out? Okay. 
Exactly. You know, it came in like a Bible yeah. with like multiple discs in it. And then, you know, like the big teacher's manual and a binder. Yeah, it was. All right, um, kids, gather around our one, <laughs> our one, one DVD playing computer, one computer our CD-ROM right. playing computer. We're going to wait for it to load at 1x speeds and right. <laughs> watch the host stutter. But OK, cool entry point, though. I like that. Yeah, Doing the edutainment yeah. thing by any other name. So, so that kind of was parlayed into what became You Don't Know Jack. So um, some of the folks over at Berkeley Systems um, you know, saw an early pitch of doing an entertainment product around this. And um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, a, a publishing deal was struck with them. Uh, and that's what became You Don't Know Jack. Um, so that product, so that, that's now we're in the mid 90s mm -hmm. uh, or early 90s around this time frame. And, uh, Learn television uh, obviously uh, immediately brings to mind edutainment or learning. Yeah. And so, I like this is going to be uh, the finest block on you know a KQED public access something, but no, it doesn't scream entertainment right. software company. It doesn't right. scream video games. So, so uh, Jellyvision, it was, the company was renamed to Jellyvision, um, and there was uh, I, I don't know some some naming exercise that they did where they went around the room and people said words. And that kind of it turned into burnt television, which turned into burnt burnt jellyvision, which then just was shortened to jellyvision. So, so that's how the name came about. Yeah. This all predates me. Yeah. But, uh, no, I get it. And drugs were very yeah. different in the '90s than they are today. We didn't have K2 and Spice, so I get it. And it's a perfect <laughs> name, <laughs> and it works. Yeah. So, and I'm glad the so sewing circle came up with it. Jellyvision stuck, um, and you know, it was the name of the company all the way up until you know fairly recently uh, when we rebranded to. Uh, Jackbox Games. But to give you a little more history, um, Jellyvision Inc. was the name of the company, and that persisted through all of the You Don't Know Jacks into the early 2000s. Um, and if you remember back then, uh, you could, you know, PC CD ROMs were sold in software stores, mm -hmm. but then they started showing up everywhere, and um, you started to be able to buy these like sleeves of like five, you know, 10 discs for $5. Oh, yeah. and so the bottom kind of dropped out of the PC CD ROM market. And um, around that time is when consoles, early consoles, Sega Genesis, PlayStation, those started taking off. And the company just wasn't well equipped to play in those markets. Um, you know, they used to huddle around a keyboard and, you know, P, Q, and B to buzz right. in. There's your and, buzz in, and maybe you have a, a button to screw somebody, but that's right. about it. We're all going to share the same a, device. Type in a gibberish answer. Yeah. You know, some of those things, they just don't work on a controller with a D-pad and, you know, buttons on sure. it. So, um, so unfortunately, the company shut down. So Harry closed the company down, um, retained a handful of employees, and started a new company and called it the Jellyvision Lab. And the intention of that company was to be kind of a marketing services company, take some of the technology and the interactive interface engine, um, the conversational engine that was built around You Don't Know Jack, mm -hmm. and you know bring that into the burgeoning multimedia space of the internet. Right. Uh, I, I distinctly remember like a shockwave or flash by yeah. any other name. I distinctly remember that you don't know Jack version. Was that a product yep. of the labs? Yes. So so Harry then allowed Lab to use you don't know Jack as a marketing angle to kind of bring in um, clients and customers and drive traffic to the website. But ultimately, that IP still lived with the original Jellyvision company. So um, so when I started in two thousand and eight, uh, it's ten years now. Um, we restarted the old company. So then there were two companies. There's Jellyvision Inc. and Jellyvision Lab. So then we decided let's rebrand to Jellyvision Games, just so at least people understand the difference. Like here's this marketing services company that's doing very serious stuff, 
somewhat lighthearted, but they're talking about serious things. Uh -huh. PC recommenders, you know, the biggest product is a healthcare uh, benefits advisor. So when you do your open enrollment at whatever company you work for, there's now an interactive thing that you can walk through with that company and it's voice hosted and it's customized to the companies. Um, they built a very successful, very large company while we're still making fart jokes and irreverent trivia games, right? So, right. well, uh, spoiler, one of those is going to stand the test of time. That's right. <laughs> we're going to get there, kids. So don't, yes, you know. don't push your chips all in on this history lesson just yet. We're going right. to get there. <laughs> but that's fascinating. So how, you, how yeah. many heads would you say, you know, ballpark figure are working yeah. on healthcare recommendation engines and very yeah. serious analytics uh, recommendation stuff versus the fart joke uh, skunk works yeah. team? So, you know, at the time, you know, 2008 and a handful of years after that, um, we were still very small and scrappy. We were just a couple of people working on games. Uh, the other company at the time was probably 50 plus people. Um, they're now over 400 employees. Um, they're, they're quite large and quite successful and still growing. Um, we're still hovering around like 30 full-time employees. Um, but, uh, but they have definitely had a, a, a very good growth trajectory and success in their product offering. Um, and uh, so, but early days we co-located, mm -hmm. we shared the same space. Um, you know, it was, it was, they're really two separate companies. So people just assume we were one company and, um, you know, same founder. So it's very much all in the same family. Um, but, uh, but then we ended up um, raising some money with a VC um, we ended up pursuing Facebook and mobile as part of our strategy. And again, money's being spent on the Jellyvision name by both companies. Uh, at one point, we just decided, you know, people know us more for, you don't know, Jack and the Jack head. And they put a bunch of money behind Jellyvision and what they're doing, um, their marketing services. And so let's transfer the name over to Jellyvision and rebrand as Jack Fox Games. And was this so, the, this was when you had joined the team as well? You were the GM yeah, for a while? Yeah. 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 So um, I, I'm trying to remember when we actually did that. 2011, 2013, somewhere in there is when we, so when we actually changed our name to Jackbox Games. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you, you distinguish yourself by changing the name uh, and that's yeah. good. There's no, there's no more misunderstanding of, yeah. are you guys selling me health, healthcare provider solutions right. or, <laughs> or right. something else and trying to distract me and make me giggle with some pixels, which I always <laughs> prefer the latter. Um, when did you tap into the notion of doing these, you know, the sort of party games approach? Yeah. Um, well, you don't know, Jack has kind of always been a party game. It's just been a very, it's a small party game. You right. can only play three people when we did the console version. So after I started uh, at Jellyvision, the intention was to first and foremost, let's bring back You Don't Know Jack. Let's take our marquee franchise, get it back out in the wild, um, instantly you know, reconnect with existing fans, grow some new ones, and then let's make new games after that. Um, so it took a little while to shop a publishing deal. Um, we're not a AAA game, we don't sell for $60, uh, but we wanted to be a retail play. So trying to find that $30 price point in the 2010 era uh, of retail and a lot of publishers are, you know, pulling back from that. They're mm -hmm. retreating from it. They're either doing all in on $60 games or they're starting up these kind of valueware type things or mobile and social. Which, right. you know, or here's our free to play time, offering. Cause this in between yeah, doesn't it, exist it, now. At that time it was still premium, but it was a dollar for a game right. or two bucks for a game. You know, then the, the freemium model happened as well. But, um, so it was, it was a challenge. Um, but ultimately we, we, succeeded and got a publishing deal with THQ. So we brought You Don't Know Jack back to market. We launched it in 2011. 
and it was on every console at the time. So it was PS3 and Xbox 360 and Nintendo Wii and PC and Nintendo DS. Um, and so we used that. It was a it was a fun time because we finally had some money. We could hire some people, and we can kind of rebuild up, uh, you know, both our staff internally uh, and our technology. And so that was going to be a launching off point to bigger and better things. So the plan uh, the plan is paying dividends. It's working. Yeah, it's working. I mean, there was a lot of pain and anguish along the way to get there. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. We don't we don't ignore that's for the post mortem. Yeah. We're past that. We're at beers right, and bowling right. now. That's right. <laughs> now we're bowling. Exactly right. Now we're bowling. Um, uh, when you saw the sort of the the free to plays of the world coming about, um, well, I'm, I'm curious in the timeline yeah. where the party game that that twenty dollar price point where all that plays yeah. out because you know the industry as we know has gone through change after change after change uh, on the technology side, but as well as on the business model side. So were you concerned? Did you think, well, we're gonna carve our own little wave here? Or did you see the tidal wave of free-to-play coming and you were thinking, oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna drown yeah. in this? Well, we actually played in free-to-play for a while. So it was kind of a lesson hard learned. Um, mm. After the 2011 thing with THQ when we launched at retail, um, we did well, but we didn't you know, set the world on fire. And in a publishing deal, they capture the majority of the revenue so you start getting your earn out and so we baked in um, a lot of our guarantee up front so we did just fine but we didn't have the next thing ready to go and at that point we were still kind of beholden to a publishing model so we were pitching publishers on new games mm -hmm. on connect and party game you know things right. that were kind of hot at the time and at this point um, are you are you burning through the reserves yes. from those thq that upfront yeah. guarantee so you've got <laughs> midnight no, oil on on fire on one side, yeah, okay. Yeah. And you're trying. Yeah, you don't have the next thing in the pipeline. You might have it designed, but no. you don't have the resources to. We have great it. ideas. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not for lack of ideas, yeah. and clearly not for lack of execution, because we can make quality product with the team we have at the time, even. And mm -hmm. uh, um, but it just it was it was coming up dry. So we decided let's let's get out of that publisher third party developer model and let's be a, become a self publisher. Um, to be a self publishing. Uh, uh, publisher in the game space at retail is very expensive. Sure. Obviously there's all kinds of costs of goods, manufacturing discs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the marketing behind it. You need to have those um, sweet Jackbox head end caps. You right. gotta, you know, you have to have right. the pack-in exactly. promotions. You right. gotta spend as much money uh, or at least 20% of the the, the the funds that you spent making the game to actually make people aware of them. So That's very right. difficult to go that road alone. Yeah, you have limited resources, as you state. From you know, okay, we made some a couple bucks with THQ, didn't set the world on fire. Now we're uh, eroding that runway. We have the right. ideas, we don't have the resources. Right. Are you comfortably sleeping at night? Do, no. <laughs> is the weight of no. the team and the world on your shoulders? Like, what's your stress level at that level? At, at oh, it's that high. Point? It's, yeah, it's very high. Absolutely, and you know, not just myself, but the, the members of the team. I mean, yeah. you know, the reality. Nothing's. Nothing's hidden from them, so. Uh, well, that's kind of unique. Yeah, I, I, that was going to be my next question because it, there are many companies where suddenly the the shoe drops and they realize, yeah. oh wow, I didn't realize we were that yeah. we were that close. Like, you know, like tell like Telltale. Recently, I was right? gonna I was yeah. gonna avoid the nib, yeah. but let's we can get into that. What do you think about? Yeah. Let's take a, a a quick detour. When you see sure. what happened at Telltale. I mean, it sounds sure. like you were far more transparent and upfront with your team. Your team was yeah. also probably a little bit smaller and more intimate. So yeah. it was either it was more difficult to hide or it was more easy to easier, excuse me, to be upfront. Yeah. How do you feel about what went down at, at Telltale? 
Uh, so I know a decent amount of people that work over there. Um, and we actually did a publishing deal with Telltale. So the original Jackbox game, uh, the original Party Pack, Jackbox Party Pack, we did a retail publishing deal with Telltale. So mm -hmm. I know a good amount of people over there, um, a number of which aren't there anymore, uh, even before this, uh, you know, kind of big closure. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's a real kick in the ass, right? That's, I mean, I... I mean, for everyone. I, I was saying, I was for, saying here on the show, like obviously yeah. it was a, the employees got blindsided, and yeah. the severance is a huge issue, and they're you know yeah. they're working overtime, sometimes unpaid. But then again, I also have immense uh, empathy and compassion for uh, for for those in charge because uh, they were probably hoping on an investment. They were rolling dice, the, rolling the dice on a wing and a prayer. They didn't want to let people go, uh, yeah. hoping that they were going to get that investment. So I, I can see both sides of that yeah. coin. So I, I, um, I share your opinion exactly, uh, but I don't think it's an excusable thing the way that it was handled. Um, you know, it's, uh, shit happens, obviously. You lose deals, you know, funding falls through, things like that happen. But, you know, and I understand why they might want to hide that from the studio. They don't want the studio to know that, like, if this deal doesn't come through, we're shutting down or we're right. closing a whole bunch of what we're doing because people start jumping ship. Of so, course, yeah, that key talent that you're banking on and yeah. projecting certain rates right. <laughs> for, they're so, gonna fly the coop. I understand it, but there is a level of transparency uh, that I think should exist and needs to exist. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we're very transparent here. Um, you know, even when, you know, we've, we've had to downsize. We've had some tough years, we've had to downsize, we've had to let a number of people go. Thankfully, we've hired some of those people back and they, you know, had a good enough experience here knowing that we were honest and forthright with them. We gave them severance. Um, you know, that's always come into play if we ever have some kind of run rate of, you know, we know that we can only last so long. Well, let's not wait till the end and we're out of money and everybody goes home. Let's right. try to figure out how to do a graceful exit for a number of people um, and that there is a severance and people can land on their feet. So we've always made that paramount and make sure that that is, you know, that, that's, that's uh, relayed and communicated to the to the team and so. a graceful a graceful landing as we know is 30 minutes notice with a job fair to follow 48 hours later right that's right. it that's right. all people need in this yeah. industry they're gonna sure, be fine yeah no problem <laughs> you'll have no problem making rent that month don't worry about it yeah. so so the world doesn't get set on fire you're burning through thq yeah. cash you're letting the team yeah. know that and yeah. and and it is affecting sleep at this point but you yeah. you have a plan and you have a, a level of confidence in it so you're just going to power through well, so we did we did a couple of months of doing a road show and pitching publishers and trying to get, you know, someone to latch on to a, a new game idea. And we had a couple of really cool ideas at the time. Um, unfortunately, that challenge that I mentioned of that $30 mid-tier price point only got harder in the couple of years we produced the game and then launched it. So it's right. not like suddenly this is a vibrant marketplace and we're going to, you know, stick a whole bunch. This publisher X is going to put a whole bunch of $30 games out at Target and Walmart and Best Buy. So it got it was challenging. Um, so we decided let's let's own our own destiny. Let's self-publish. Well, it's it's unaffordable to self-publish in the console space, but at the time, Facebook, early Zanga, um, mobile, you know, all of it was just taken off like a rocket ship. And we thought, hey, you know, people have phones in their hands. They can play our games. We can make it so it's you know it seems like you're playing together. You know, we can do a bunch of cool technical things. Let's raise some money and let's pursue this space. So. So that's what we did. We, we went out and did a bit of a road show to try and get some VC interest. And thankfully we got an investor around that time frame. And, uh, and so we had to, we got to stop doing the dog and pony for all the publishers and focus right. 
Hey, we got a pony. Our- Let's put a saddle on it and brush its hair. We got to take care of this thing. <laughs> Get it some damn carrots. Right. It wants to see dividends. Let's go. Right. We just, we, yeah, right, right. Uh, what was that? What, I mean, like, because I've, I have had so many near brushes with success over my illustrious career and have uh-huh. had, had penned to contractual lines so close, Mike, so close. You could yeah. smell the fresh ink. It was still on the ballpoint. It wasn't on the paper, but you could smell it. But when you land, your nose. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't have a marker problem. Meanwhile, I got a huffing stash all over. Um, how, how fucking sweet was that moment when you, you know, you know, again, you know, the runway's eroding, you're doing the dog and pony show, you're hoping for the publisher, you know, that $30 price point is running out. Okay, let's yeah. shift. Let's get those investors. What was that postmortem post party like? <laughs> uh, you know, did you have any time to enjoy it? Or was it immediately we got to no, get into this? No, no. And when you talk about the sleepless level, this, you know, the sleepless nights level is, yeah. is still pretty high. Uh, you know, cause you just have a new, you know, like, yes, we've replenished our funding, yeah. but that's only going to last us so long. And we're going to hire against that. And we're going to try and build this thing. And it's the game space. You know, it takes you a long time to make a game. It may sound great on paper now. And you know, 18 months later when you launch it, yeah. nobody Where's the battle it. Royale? What? Right. What? Right. You're bringing exactly. me a game without 88 players doing trivia well, and only one gets to win? I'll get to that later. Okay. I mean, we're working on a first-person battle royale game, and <laughs> hopefully in you know, two years from now we'll ship it. I'm sure it'll be a hot market. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you immediately go from one set of problems to another, you know, actively yeah. getting your way to but, 99 of them. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, these are fun problems to have, too, sure. right? I don't want to paint too grim a picture. I mean, we're making video games, and we're having fun doing it, and... The team that we've assembled and the people that I work with are, you know, some of the most fun people and you know, most talented people that I've ever worked with. So you're laughing every day at work, and you're surrounded by comedians and writers, and you know, we've got just uh, a really unique uh, talent pool here. So, so yes, it's stressful times, but it's it's motivating too. It's sure. very fun. Well, and, and you want to keep the party going. Everybody has a vested interest. I mean, the paycheck is one thing, but those personal yeah. relationships, those connections, that daily yeah. allotment of laughter, far better than writing base station code for Motorola uh, or, for, <laughs> or, or doing anything else. <laughs> so now, let me tell you about the parties we used to have when we'd launch new software on the base station. Oh, what? man. What, they giving out free leather cases for those Razor phones? Yeah. What sort of swag did you get? That you could flip. Yes. Yeah. I never, okay, help me understand that, Mike. I never fucking understood that. My dad, uh, you know, uh, saved and scrimped for pennies to get that, that Razor phone, that sleek oh, little yeah. slip phone. He yeah. got it like three years late because he wasn't really good with his money, but he finally got it. And the first thing he did was put a giant leather case on it. Yeah, then, then he attached a belt clip, a plastic belt clip Right. about the thickness of two decks of cards, then got the belt <laughs> attachment. By the time it was done, he was carrying around a 1980s cell phone with giant antenna enhancer and I think a radiation blocking sticker as well. So, right. I mean, he's <laughs> he's firmly in Alex Jones' pocket. He's buying all of the disaster preparedness buckets of food. But why did people do that? I don't get I it. I forgot about those radiation stickers. Remember those? Or, <laughs> yeah. Holographic technology. If you put it on yeah. your wrist, it'll help you balance and pitch a fastball better. <laughs> Or you can use it to block uh, radiation from your hot pockets. Yeah, I, you know what? I never understood half of the accessories they sold back then. Like, if you could get that phone super thin and it fit in your pocket, brilliant. That's yes. worth $500. Done. Like, at the time, everything's a brick, right? Like, why wrap it in leather? Why put it on a holster? Yeah. I, 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 I got know. 13 inches of bubble wrap and duct tape around <laughs> this bad boy. It's basically an otter box. I can go kayaking with my Razor phone. <laughs> 
I never understood that. What were the yeah. motor? Let me. What were those Motorola parties like? Because I yeah, know they didn't, there, there weren't any. What? Yeah, there, weren't, there weren't any parties. Yeah. Like yeah. that, wait, you mean for your department? I know marketing was ha- marketing was doing oh, something I'm in the sure bathroom. I, I, yeah, I'm sure when they launched the razor, all the people on that team got to have huge raging parties. Yeah. But you know, we did a software update to a base station that allowed SMS messaging. Like nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's yeah. great yeah. good job one person yeah. cares it's the one person whose sms doesn't go through and they want your right. head and on then a we hear stick about it. yes exactly exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so all right yeah. so vc funds come in um yeah. it's it's the best of times it's also maybe the worst of times when it comes to additional pressures and whatnot but it, uh, was that was that when the first jackbox like the, like the first party pack game came out no no what no, was the we first had to title go through a near-death experience before that so this oh is, what was that one this, well, this is when we went after Facebook and mobile. So uh, we spent a year and a half building up, uh, you don't know Jack, um, version that worked across Facebook and Android and iOS at the time. Um, it allowed for a ghost play mechanic. So if you played the episode and we were friends on Facebook, when I went and played the episode, you would show up in my game and you would buzz in at the exact time and you would get the same score. So it felt like I was competing live. Oh, that's with awesome. You, like a drivatar by any other name. <laughs> Yeah, right, <laughs> the, the Forza right. drive avatar, the the Q and exactly. avatar. Yeah, it's which is which is Midway's patent, by the way. Believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Did they have they to license it? That, Midway patented that ghost car mechanic from the coin op. I think it was Cruising USA. Oh wow. Or or Rush twenty forty nine or one of those games that they put out. So did Microsoft license it, or are they going to settle well, that Midway's someday no soon? More, so somebody bought it and licensed it to somebody. So, so maybe who, Microsoft bought it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe they bought. I was yeah. like, someone's sitting on gold and they don't know it, but right, there's yeah, the exclusive. Right. Alex. I don't uh, know if it's gold, but it's, it's probably valuable. It's gonna. It's for me. It's gold. All right. I've got three GPUs mining Bitcoin in the back because I don't have a business plan, Mike. I'm going to ask you about that <laughs> later. So Alex, take a note. We need to explore that patent, buy it, squat it, and then eventually, right. I guess we'll sue somebody at Microsoft. Cool. Let's Goes to everybody, yeah. Great, thank yeah. you, Alex. Way to, way to be on the ball. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, so you you put the eggs in the proverbial Facebook basket because yeah. everybody's crushing Farmville so, and playing yeah, their their so their word games. We we got up to five million installs across wow. Facebook and mobile, uh, so it was successful. We won a uh, Spike TV uh, Social Game of the Year award. Um, Presented by you know, Axe Body Spray. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we had you know, a lot of critical acclaim um, and we had fleeting success. And basically the entire market shifted to premium or to freemium. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, we had this model where you could come and play one episode a day for free. And if you wanted to play more, you had to buy coins and then you could use the coin. You know, like every game worked back then. Um, and we just, you know, we could retain users and that they'd come back, but one episode a day was enough for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you pay a 15 minute episode of You Don't Know Jack. I was like, it's perfect. I got my fix over lunch break. You're the, and, uh, you're, you're the drug dealer d- dr- drug dealer that doesn't know the correct amount for the first hit. You're like, right, hey kids, right. here you go. Here's a little, here's a little Jack. Uh, oh, that's enough right. for you, huh? Are you sure? Right. Okay, come back tomorrow. Here's a little bit more. Shit, right. I really thought you'd be scratching your neck by now. Buy a couple more episodes. Let's go. It's like, no, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll just take the freebie again. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. Just keep keep doling it out. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for the daily hit. Okay, so yeah. so now it's all going uh, the the sort of freemium model, and and you have to quickly pivot. Yeah. So I mean, we we started off freemium, but the pressure just became more and more intense for freemium, and. Uh, so we tried to add microtransactions. We tried to change that loop so it was shorter, so people weren't playing a full episode. We tried 
to go entire at the end we went entirely free and just ad backed it so there were interstitial ads and things and you know all those things monetized and they all had some value but uh, it's a big game to support and it's a trivia game so if you see the question you know the answer you don't ever want to see that one again so we're kind of on a treadmill constantly writing and writing is also recording and producing it's you know we we do high production values with you don't know jack so it got to the point where we knew this wasn't going to be sustainable sure and um and so we said well let's try some additional products in the mobile space we've got some of these other ideas maybe they translate well into this uh into this space so we made a game called uh lie swatter uh which ended up in one of the party packs but it was first a mobile game um we made a game called word putts which was actually a very fun game it was a uh a mini golf kind of words with friends type game um, where you had to build words to from the tee box to the hole uh, that's fun avoid obstacles and stuff okay uh, and so, then we made, like everybody made, we made one of those kind of photo apps that, you know, messes with your face. So we made a game called Clone Booth or an app called Clone Booth. Um, all of these were featured in the store, uh, had a decent amount of installs, but made zero dollars, basically. Really? So, yeah. So so that was kind of our next near-death experience. Like, we need to pivot again. This isn't going to work. And were you actively, you know, shuttering team members throughout that process, or were you able to keep everybody employed as you were trying to pivot and iterate? Yeah. So we did a downsize right after that time frame when yeah. we knew Facebook wasn't going to work and the mobile stuff wasn't getting legs. We had to downsize, and it was a tough one. We had to let go a decent amount of people. Um, and uh, but again, tried to do it in an upfront way. I think mm -hmm. people knew the state of the company. We weren't trying to hide it. Um, uh, it's still obviously a surprise when someone, you know, finds out they're being let go. Um, but we took care of them with severance and, um, some we contracted with for longer periods of time to just, you know, while they were looking for a next job, some we kind of put on notice and said, if this doesn't come through, you know, we're likely going to have to downsize again. So feel free to start looking. We're happy to help you with that search, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. But yeah, it's a tough time. It's always a real tough time. That sounds uh, so, um, oh God, what's the word? Reasonable maybe honorable, <laughs> dignified, <laughs> that sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I mean, yeah. and, and, and obviously, you know what you're up against, right? You're releasing these things, they're getting, they're getting great installs, but it's not bringing in the money. Um, at that point, are, is the team being whipped to work a, a 100 hour week no. because it wasn't poor, <laughs> poor planning no. on your fault? No, absolutely not. We, so uh, there was a period in my life in Midway where, um, uh, two weekends out of a year, I didn't work. Um, and so I have lived crunch and I know what that is. Mm -hmm. And we have made a very concerted effort here at Jackbox that we do not crunch. Um, when you see the the reports, and I'm, I'm sure you're up on industry stuff, but when you see, hey, yeah. the, like the Red Dead Redemption team, for for example, which yeah. everybody's pointing to that because it's a hotly anticipated game. It's it's Rockstar. They're amazing pedigree. They know how to make and ship games. But this happens, as you know, I'm not yeah. <laughs> preaching to the choir here, but it happens across pretty much every developer, um, every yeah. publisher. When you hear about a 100-hour work week and how uh, that's almost being touted in a way as saying, like, look, we're working so hard to get you this game. What thoughts race through your head as someone who has to manage these projects? Yeah, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster in the long run. I mean, you're going to burn everybody out. Uh, you're going to burn them out. They're going to leave. You're going to you're not going to get their best work. I mean, look, there's one thing when you have a tight deadline and everybody's got to push a little extra to make a deadline. But if the cultural cultural norm is that you're going to put in 80 hours a week or 100 hours a week, that's unsustainable. It's unhealthy. Um, and, you know, you're, you're 
you're abusing people in a way, especially mm -hmm. if you're somehow rewarding them for it or acting like it's, you know, it's a medal that they've earned. Right. And this I've is an honorable reading, act. Let's go through yeah, this together. I've, I've been reading all those stories as well. And I think there is a big backlash coming because there's, you know, there's, they're hanging their hat a little bit on it. Like, look how much these people love the game and their production that they're working right. on. And, you know, go talk to those people's wives or go talk to their husbands. And I guarantee you're going to hear a very different story. Yeah. Uh, Reminiscent and, and, of like uh, when when Sony Sony put their their hat on the people will uh, it, they'll take a, they'll take pride in working extra hours to afford the PlayStation Three. It's like right. no, I think uh, I I get you're trying to like take the message and skew it in some sort of way, but there's going to be a reaction to this. But that's right. But so that's many right. people in the industry and and just you know fans of it that are watching from the sidelines, they've been saying uh, ages and ages uh, for ages and ages that uh, don't worry, unionization is coming eventually. Yeah. You know, game developers that we're gonna get a union. Do you see that being a, a possible reaction to this, or is it another time will tell? I, I don't know. I mean, time will tell. I mean, this is, this was talked about when I was at Midway in the 2000s. Yeah. I mean, same kind of things. I mean, back then there was a very famous thing with the EA spouse article. If you yeah. That. I yeah, do. I, I mean, do. Like, so this is this has repeated itself multiple times each decade, um, and it's never a good thing when it happens. And uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, perhaps that will come someday. I I don't know. I mean, other forms of the entertainment industry have absolutely unionized. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know if that's the right thing. I don't know if that's the natural reaction. Mm -hmm. um, but what I do know is 100-hour work weeks are wrong. People right. that, that are espousing that as the, you know, the, the, the reward or the thing that, that should be rewarded are, are foolish. And what? people that endure that kind of work environment shouldn't. Well, help me there understand. Are other out there. Because I've seen no shortage in, in Fuse in our YouTube chat. He just says, anyone here old enough to remember the EA Spouse blog? That just came through. Oh, yeah. He said, I was a yeah. kid back then. I feel like nothing has changed. I, As you just mentioned, I yeah. completely agree. It's, we're still having these same discussions, and I, I hope yeah. we're not five years from now. But maybe you can help me yeah. understand, because I've seen no shortage of of chat going on saying, well, this is because uh, the, the, the project manager's um, they're short-sighted. They, they, that was poor planning. Or it's malicious. They see their, their people as just the line items on a spreadsheet. They're just resources to be abused and sponges yeah. to be wrung. Or, oh, it's because yeah. the publisher overpromised and now they have to make all these different SKUs with all these different pruder bonuses. I'm, a, I'm imagining that uh, my gut yeah. would tell me there's probably a, a little a column A, B, C through Z. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but maybe you have some insight to that. Well, I do think it's a little bit of everything. Um, I do think there is, if there's some cultural um, kind of norm that it's expected, I think that's bad. And I do think, I think that has changed. So uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a little history back from Midway, but, but right now um, when we say, you know, nothing's changed, you're reacting to somebody in chat that said that. Um, I don't think that's true. I think there are a number of developers um, that absolutely espouse and employ kind of no crunch uh, you know, policies and, um, you know, understand the work-life balance that needs to take place. And I, in many cases, I expect it's from people like myself who have lived through that and who recognize it's not the right way and are mm -hmm. trying to do better when they are in a, you know, a, a position of power where they can affect change that way. So there are a lot of people I know running studios here in Chicago and elsewhere uh, in the States that have kind of splintered from Midway exploding and from EA exploding in Chicago and um, uh, and I've been in this industry a long time there. I know a lot of people in fairly senior positions and a lot of them share the same opinion that like there is no crunch at our studio um, or, you know, it's very minimized. It's not an expected thing. It's only when a deadline's tight and, you know, we push when we need to push. 
but things give. If we have to move the deadline, we move the deadline. So, so I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. I do think there was a norm, you know, back 10, 15 years ago, where it was just expected. Like every publisher True. did it. Every, you know, every if you were working on Madden, you were just expected. You were one right. of the team, and everybody else is doing this, and you're going to do it too. Um, and, that's you know, right. It is, you know, that, that's. I'm, I'm glad you. Thank you for saying that because it is easy to lose sight that there are plenty that have said never again, and yet, yeah. and there used to be. It was a point of pride. Yeah. To your point, it was. It was a point of pride. Hey, we're gonna crunch because that's what we do here. We roll up our sleeves. We get it done. Even if that crunch yeah. is six months out from release, yeah. they're calling yeah. what should be a one to yeah. two week push a six month crunch mode. That's ridiculous. Right. So I mean, I did a, a year long crunch at least at Midway Ooh. on one of the Blitz games. Um, and, uh, you know, part of it is um, at the time, wasn't married, didn't have kids, um, you know, dream job, dream product, like you're part of the pack sure. and you wear it with pride. You know, there's a little bit at the time where that's the cultural norm. So you kind of get into it and you think it's right. Um, you absolutely suffer burnout from it. Um, but you're asking like, what are the factors that cause it? I mean, yeah, somewhat mismanagement. You know, people aren't adhering to schedules or putting together plans. Sprinting wasn't a thing back then. It was all waterfall methodology. And, you know, people didn't understand dependencies. So you get something done and like you, you were stalled. You couldn't do this until this other thing was done. Well, you got to get this done in a week where normally you'd have two months to do it because we're stalled out. And so everyone's crunching. So a lot of it, it's mismanagement. And then part of it is I think it was so systemic in those public companies the big publishers because they were public companies because they're making promises to the street you know our q3 forecast is this we're going to launch this game and that game and this game and mm -hmm. you know what shit happens in development you make a movie you make an entertainment product you make a video game you make any of it like things change problems occur like and if you're certainly not scheduling it out from the front but then you're also not anticipating any of the shit that happens you're going to be late Right. And if the date doesn't move because you publicly, as a CEO of a hey, public company... Hey, Mortal Monday is happening, guys. We printed the posters and we bought the commercial campaign, right. so Sub-Zero right. better be ripping out some goddamn spines come right. Monday. We'll, we'll see you guys Saturday, Sunday. You know, we'll order pizza for you both nights because we're a good company, right. but you'll be here working, <laughs> right. you know, eight hours at least each day. So, I mean, there is it's a little from every column, I think, that causes that. Uh, but But I do think that there is... And you still hear about it when you hear about it. It's shocking. The telltale thing, um, the Red Dead Redemption thing. Uh, but I, I feel like they're so shocking because it's the one that you hear about. And I, you know, before it was the norm. And now I think there's a lot of people that are like, just didn't expect that that existed. anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I can't say I don't think it's as systemic as it used to be. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that from your perspective that that progress is being made. And I, I hope I, I that the, uh, maybe it was just the tone or the. The, the 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 takeaway of most people's to, to, to hanging yeah. their hat as you said on the hey we're working 100 hour weeks to get this out for you yeah, didn't well, make me go oh wow know, they care about me i went oh man they don't care about that team that sounds very much like the environment yeah. you know that i was explaining at midway years ago so perhaps other publishers or dev teams are still working in that mode and sure. if you know they're making games as big as they're making uh, how long do they have to make them Three years, four years, six years, you know, at some point yeah. somebody says you're done. And so they got a crunch to still make the game they want to make, which isn't right. They should give them the right amount of time or they should scope control and find a way to add an expansion pack after you launch it or do something else to avoid the treadmill that you need to be on to get it done in the, in the time frame.
I'm yeah. sure we got to we got to tweak those uh, horse hair brushing mechanics and those poker mini games <laughs> and make sure that right. there's 13 different stores with 47 different types of currency yeah. and 50 different pre-order bonuses across 30 SKUs. Right, right. <laughs> like, okay. Right. All right, right. maybe you, I can see you, why we're working 100-hour weeks. If you buy it at Target, you also get this skin that you <laughs> yeah. don't get if you buy it at Walmart. Like, all of those, yeah. Yeah, all right. that's all Teams adding up people. now. Yeah. So, so I want to get back, because I, I do want to get to the Jackbox Party Games, and, and yeah. I've been, uh, you've been very generous with your time, uh, so I don't want to absorb too much more of it, but uh, you're now uh, with a team. You've, you've had some, some Facebook gaming sort of uh, hits yep. and misses, all, all with the same product, which is fascinating to me, that you can have millions of yeah. installs and see zero dollars in revenue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wh when, wh when and how do you successfully pivot to the Jackbox, the, the sort of party pack as we know it today? Yeah, so around that, um, I don't know what it would have been, 2013 timeframe, uh, 2012, 2013, I think, um, we had been experimenting with all right, what if we went back into the console space? Um, what if we went back into, everybody has all these platforms. Um, how could we make a party game? So we had we launched a version of You Don't Know Jack on Ouya. If you remember the Ouya. Oh, platform. I do remember the Ouya, yeah. yeah. Um, and we realized that no one is gonna own more than one Ouya controller. So we have to make a means of controlling the game via some other device. And the phone was naturally the, the device to do that. So we made an app called the Jackpad you downloaded that, you launched the game, and then you got on the same Wi-Fi network and it discovered the, the yeah. controller and up to four people could join and play. Now, Mike, real know, quick, did you, did you focus group that name? Did you tell people they'd be loading a jackpad onto their mobile device and one-handing a, a video game? Because I feel like yeah. uh, moms at a yeah. mall in Peoria might say, I don't know if I want my kid with the jack and pad. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, Irreverent Trivia is kind of one of our things, so <laughs> okay. we acknowledge. We so you leaned into things. it. You leaned yeah, into we, it. Oh, we, good for we you. We leaned into it a little bit. <laughs> a white knuckle it. experience. Get the jackpad right. and plug right. in. Okay. Right. Good for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I so, should take a step back for those who don't know. The Ouya was uh, was it Android based? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was an Android-based kind of like uh, a set-top box, but much cheaper than a traditional console that you could connect to your old television and people could make Android-based games, but play them on a on a big screen instead of a small right. screen. Is that a fair assessment of yeah, the Ouya? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Micro console, yeah, absolutely. So, so very smart of you to recognize that probably not a lot of uh, people bundling their, their thin <laughs> console per purchase right. with multiple controllers, so you, you create the jackpad. Um, that yeah. then keys you into, oh, we could put this on other consoles with the same mechanic. Correct. Yeah, very That's smart. Right. That's right. But what we realized was we just introduced a bunch of friction. You got to download an app. You got to get on the same Wi-Fi network. It, 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 we, we recognized that that friction was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So we decided, how do we build something that is frictionless, make it a web-based controller? It doesn't matter. At the time, you know, there were Windows phones still around. So... You know, there was no app on the Windows Store for the Jackpad, but sure. if you have a browser and an internet connection on any device, how could you join our game? So we built an HTML5 controller, uh, which has been the basis of all of our Party Pack games since, and we uh, cobbled together a game called Fibbage, and we launched it on um, uh, major consoles at the time, Xbox and PlayStation um, and, and Steam. Uh, and uh, it was the first one that used our technology we call Blobcast, which is our kind of cloud-based, server-based technology that allows mobile phones to interact with the console or the game uh, that you're playing. So Fibbage was a $6.99 title, um, lying bluffing game. It's one of our most popular games. Still love uh, it to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and it, it did really well. And so that was enough for us to stay alive a bit longer. 
Um, but we also recognize we weren't going to set the world on fire selling, you know, $7 games on console. So how do we do something at a bigger price point? And uh, so we decided let's do a pack of games. Um, and that we named it the Jackbox Party Pack. We took that You Don't Know Jack game that we had built on Ouya and added some new content to it, put it in the pack. We took Fibbage, added more content to it, added it to the pack, called it Fibbage XL. We took Live Swatter, which was that mobile game we had built, had all the trivia, redid the artwork for it, took all the trivia and put it in that pack. We made a game called Word Spud, which is more of an activity than a game. It was a very simple kind of uh, you know, word-based thing. And then um, we made a game called Drawful, which is basically Fibbage with drawings. Um, mm -hmm. But it's unique because now you're actually using the phone and drawing with your finger. Um, and, and very smart and to have the HTML5 uh, sort of web portal interface as opposed to yeah. turning a mini game into, wait, what's your Wi-Fi password again? Yeah. Is that right. capital? How many stars? Right. Like, yeah, that's very, very right. smart. Or, or, or hold on a minute because I'm downloading the 60 meg app from the app store before we can play. <laughs> right. By the way, you and you and you, you all need to do that. Yeah, everybody well. download it. Wait, who, do you have any spare chargers? Nope, my phone's right. dead because I, I right. got, I don't know. I'm over my data yeah. cap now. Well, get on the Wi-Fi. This is a fun game. <laughs> I like this one. That's that's how parties start, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the start of every party. Parties and, yeah. and MMA. That's how fist fights occur. It's just trying right. to, I don't want to give you right, access right. to my network. You get the guest network. I don't care if it's slower. Um, and you uh, threw in the uh, the HMO PPO recommendation engine, right? From the other right. company. You're yeah, like, let's right. just get it all it, it in was, there. It was hidden in a controller. You could take it off insurance <laughs> while you're at it. It was so, a deal we did. Yeah. So how well did the, the first uh, party pack do for you guys? So it was a turning point. That's where we kind of turned a corner. Awesome. Um, you know, we were on a, you know, life support for quite a while there. And when, <laughs> when, when Party Pack 1 uh, went out the door and then through the holiday into January, February of the next year, we knew, like, all right, we got something here. Um, let's, you know, let's continue doing this. Amazing, so. and here we are again on the uh, on the the PS4 launch, and I'm just, by the time people hear the iTunes version of this, yeah. the uh, all console and PC launch of the Jackbox Party Pack Five, and yeah. uh, I have I have played almost all of the Party Packs. Um, awesome. I owe you immense amount of thanks, and I know Alex does as well. Unfortunately, you won't be able to hear him, but um, just for the sheer fact that you've given me a way to keep my parents entertained when they're visiting. <laughs> I mean, it is because yeah. because look, I love. Weed's legal here, uh, so I, I can enjoy a party pack any night. I party pack the bowl, I put on the party pack, my friends get together, it starts off great, we end up ordering some silly t-shirts, and suddenly there I got go. a bear on it, and it says, see you next Thursday for some reason, and it's my Perfect. favorite shirt ever. So, kudos Perfect. to that. But the fact that you also deliver a product that I can have that type of fun with it, and on the other end yeah. of the spectrum, you know, when killing time between in and out visits, I can say, hey, mom and dad, take out your cell phones. Yes, right. it will work on that. Right, Let's right. connect to a, a website, and here we go. We're playing a game, and they can be entertained as well. That, yeah. I mean, a, of course it was a turning point for you because you managed to capture everyone. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, it's immensely yeah. entertaining. So so the, the Party Pack 5, I don't know how yeah. you managed to keep coming up with these things. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I've, we, we played it a little bit yesterday on stream, and I was pressed for time, but uh, we had robot rap battles. Yeah. Uh, Shark Tank happens to be one of my favorite TV shows, so we went through a series of just real shit pitches for a bunch of different <laughs> products, which were great. Yeah. Uh, what are some yeah. of the other games we're going to play in Party Pack 5? Yeah, well, so you just mentioned Madverse City. That's the robot rapping battle game. Um, and then Patently Stupid is the kind of Shark Tank-esque pitching game where you invent goofy inventions and you draw them and then you have to pitch them and get funding on them. Um, the other games are uh, Split the Room. Um, so Split the Room is uh, kind of a game where 
it will give you these kind of weird hypotheticals and you have to um, answer them in such a way that half of the room will vote one way and half of the room will vote the other way. So if you don't split the room, you, uh, you, know, you, you don't get as many points. So you're incented to actually kind of you know, split everybody. Um, then there's a brand new You Don't Know Jack. So we have- I, love, I, just, I love that you're leaning into the uh, political discourse of our time. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> here's yeah, a hypothetical, sure. make sure you divide the country and the room, just 50-50 right. <laughs> on either side. Exactly, yeah, right. Good I mean, people but, on both sides of those answers. Right, but as you would imagine, um, the questions that we have in the game are very leading uh, <laughs> right. and, and result in very funny answers. So, uh, so it's not a it's not a flat game at all. It sure. definitely gets you gets you laughing. And you voted for that. You voted for that. That kind of yeah. So, um, there's a new you don't know Jack. We haven't done a brand new you don't know Jack since 2014 when we launched the first party pack. Um, and this one, uh, you know, is is kind of bigger and better than ever. It's got some new question types. It allows for eight simultaneous players. Uh, it also allows for an audience of 10,000, like most of our games do these days. So awesome. Uh, yeah. I and, mean, how, uh, how, has, um, how has streaming culture sort of changed the way you, you approach not just marketing a game, yeah. obviously, but building it in, the fact that you can support an audience? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 so, the surgeons of Twitch or YouTube gaming or uh, Mixer would, by any other name? I would, yeah, Mixer, sure. I would love to say that we were brilliant and saw that coming. And intentionally built Say it. our game. Say it, Mike. It's immortalized way. here. Um, you were brilliant. You saw yeah. it coming, and you we put were, it into the the roadmap. We knew. We knew from the get go what this was going to become. <laughs> um, after after we launched that first party pack, um, people were streaming the game and playing it, and allowing anyone to just join and play. And we only had one game that supported more than eight players. That was Liveswatter supported a hundred. And we started seeing our servers crashing because people were actually joining more than 100 people to those games. So we knew that there was something there. And when we launched Quiplash as a standalone game in 2015, we rebuilt our whole backend server so that up to 10,000 people can join and play at the same time. So, so we, weren't, we weren't aware of it ahead of time, but once we knew it was a thing, we doubled down on it real quick. And we added a whole bunch of features to extend timers and do a whole bunch of other things that allow censoring in certain games. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of these games, Quiplash is a great example where the, you know, the, the contestants will vote and then the audience votes come in and it may totally sway a, a totally different answer uh, to win. And if you're playing that with a large group of people or you're playing it on a stream or in a, you know, in a venue or at a conference or something, like the whole room erupts. It's just, it's a really powerful thing. So, um, so yeah, so the, the games in this pack all support that kind of stuff. They've got additional features um, for streamers. They all have, uh, um, or some of the games, not all of them, but where it's appropriate, they have a family-friendly setting. So they allow you to do what you do with your parents, or maybe if you have you know, kids or cousins or nieces, nephews kind of thing, younger, you can flip on that family-friendly. Yeah, they're, and- they're gonna learn someday. They're gonna learn someday. Yeah, I wanna well, turn it up to 11. I wanna make it worse for them. All right, well then leave that off. Leave Perfect. that off with your But group. it's an option. Yeah. It's an option that you right. put in there, it's, which is great. You know what, but sleep well knowing it's there. You choose <laughs> not to use it, but sleep well knowing it's there if you ever if you ever choose to. And um, and for those who are saying, well, you're up to party pack five and I maybe yeah. I, I haven't I haven't purchased a single party pack. There's no there's yeah. no barrier to entry here, really. You can no. you can hop in at five and enjoy it with I, your friends, your family, uh, yeah. your enemies, your pets. It doesn't matter. You can just get in yeah. at, at any any version. Absolutely. Um, you can buy one of the standalone games too. Um, and you know, if you love Quiplash, well, there's other Quiplash in the party packs. If you love Fibbage, go get Fibbage 3 in last year's party pack um, and get yourself three more games as well. Um, 
we do have bundle SKUs, so you can go in and buy multiple games at a discount. Um, we participate in just about all the sales that are offered to us through Steam and Microsoft and Sony. So at any given time, you can find our stuff on sale or one of the games on sale. So jump in with that one. And if you love it, pick up another one if you know you like a certain type of game. I think people will, Mike. I, you guys are, are making, I mean, great games, like solid gameplay, well thought out. And as we were remarking yesterday, just the, the attention to detail from uh, uh, from the, the the graphics and the, the design of each mini game, having its own theme and its own look and feel to the high quality voiceovers, to the comedy that, it, that, that, that permeates throughout every single mini game. You guys constantly deliver. And even just the tiny amount of time we spent playing uh, Party Pack 5 yesterday, I, I'll absolutely be be buying it but i know i'm going to be sinking hours into it so congrats to you and the team uh oh, on thanks. another amazing release yeah thank you very much we we, we kind of went a little out of our comfort zone in this one and we added an action game so there's a game called zeeple dome in pack five mm -hmm. that's um we're seeing it on the like screen a, here so but yeah walk us through what we're well i mean you can't yeah, see it but what what the hell is going on yeah it's a little chaotic um you know the players have kind of been abducted by aliens and they uh, have to survive by flinging themselves at the aliens. So it's kind of group Angry Birds, basically. Sure. Um, uh, but you know, with tons of explosions and you know different colored targets, so certain players can only hit certain targets. So it's it's cooperative. You have to work with the other people. Oh, that's you're awesome. With. Um, but it's a little, you know, the the really fun thing about making packs every year is we can kind of experiment. We we always talk about having kind of a bell curve of games, and if it's at that kind of twenty five thirty dollar price point, like if you're happy with a couple of the games that are in a pack of five, you feel validated. Like the oh, value sure. proposition was strong. You don't have to love everything, but certain games resonate really well with certain people. And um, you know, we have some games that are clearly bubble to the top that everybody loves. You get um, you know, the popular ones, but then you have some that like people are very polarized about. Like it's the worst one in the pack, or it's the best one in the sure. pack. It's my favorite. So it's very fun to kind of do this kind of bell curve where we take little flyers on certain things that maybe we wouldn't release as a standalone game on its own, but in the pack of five games, like we can experiment and do some fun, cool stuff. Sure, and very easy to say, hey, did you and five of your friends have even a single night of enjoyment out of this $20 right. purchase? Well, if, right. you, if you break that up, you know, that's pretty solid. Not everybody has to buy a copy of the game. Everybody had a good time. Even if one right. of the games entertains you for one evening, you've, you've, you've got your return on investment. So it's not that's a right. difficult proposition to make. That's right. And, but what we hope is the people that you had at your house that just kind of freeloaded on your one purchase <laughs> right. love it so much that when they get home and they have a party, they go, hey, what was that game we played yeah. over there? No, my freeloading asshole friends are like, hey, add me to your Steam family. I want to play that, that $20 <laughs> game for free. I'm like, no, right. I'm not giving you access to it. Go spend the 20 bucks, you asshole. <laughs> now, when I look at the, the, you said you were out of your comfort zone for the sort of multiplayer yeah. Angry Birds. We didn't uh, actually try that one yesterday. Are you flipping or fl like kind of flinging your character in real time from yeah. the phone? Yeah, because so technologically, based on the phone, and you know, you just kind of—it's like a rubber band technique. I do with Angry Birds. You just kind of pull back and let go. So technologically, so, uh, for your blobcast, that must have been a yeah. bit of a hurdle for you to leap, right? To get the latency right and get the look and feel going between, you know, using the phone as an input device and seeing that reflected yeah. on the screen. I mean, it's a—it's a little different. The only thing that comes into play is that game is a little more real time because it's an action game. Right. So it will suffer if you have a bad connection. Sure. So, the other games, like you, your you know, friend could be on 3G, you could be on Wi-Fi, and somebody else is on LTE. Right. It doesn't matter. The pacing is such that you all have plenty of time to answer. You'll still get your stuff in in time. Um, this one's a little more action-y. So if you have a bad connection, 
It might be less than. Right. If I'm my three. last, if I'm on my last free hour of my America Online trial on my 14-4 modem, that's my bad. Yeah. I deserve yeah. that loss. I what absolutely you shouldn't do. That. What you shouldn't do is is broadcast that as a hotspot and let everyone connect to it. Right. Yeah, now, <laughs> now you've way you've way taxed your dial up at that point. Exactly. I'm <laughs> I'm getting a, a letter from the from Ma Bell at that point. Um, uh, so people can go grab it now, and it's going to be pretty easy to grab, right? It's in all the official stores across all the. Well, today PS4, but I know yeah. when this goes wide, it's going to be easy for everybody to get on every platform. Yeah. So today PS4, tomorrow um, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Um, PC, Mac, Linux, all on uh, on Steam. Um, a PC, all similar other stores. Humble, fanatical. You can buy PC and Mac versions. Um, it will be on the Comcast Xfinity X1 box. It will be on Amazon Fire TV, and it will be on uh, Apple's Apple TV. Any, did we miss anything? Is it, is it going to be on a, a, know, a Roku stick for, or a Leap Pad? Uh, I probably <laughs> forgot one or two. It's going to um, be on the be... TI-85 next recess. Yeah, Just go ahead. Absolutely. You poured it everywhere, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, congrats again to you and your team. Um, I, I would love to know how I can come work for you because I could huh. just tell... Uh, you know, you you identified quality leadership skills in yourself, but I just in a, a very quick chat with you, Mike, I can tell you're one hell of a leader, uh, and you're shipping great product, and you're apparently doing it without a crunch mode while respecting employees. So, my, if I had one, my my cap is off to you, good sir. Congrats to to you for all of your success, and congrats to your team for shipping uh, an amazing good time. Well, thank you. Uh, it is it is absolutely a testament to the team. Um, this is not me. This is all the wonderful men and women working here that incredibly talented, make you laugh, come up with amazing ideas, can iterate super fast, can develop super fast and launch all these things. Um, you know, uh, consistently funny. Uh, I feel really fortunate and blessed to work with everybody here. And, uh, and I do think that our product reflects the people that work here. And to hear that people have fun playing it and want to go buy it and play it with their family and their friends and at the holidays and you know, those those are uh, amazing validations of the stuff that we do here. So. And I can't wait for you to rip all those wonderful souls a new one at the postmortem tomorrow. That's going to be such a delight <laughs> for you. <laughs> you know, we're, we're we're about we're about to enter one of the most fun time frames. Like we're we're done. Um, you know, we'll do some patching. We'll do some stuff to support the holiday launch and, and or the holidays and marketing and that and whatnot. But we immediately move into prototyping and pitching mode for what our next games will be. So now is the time to come over and work for us. So come visit us. Come visit us. I want to, by the way, ideas I, I'm not the guy to do what? this. You should probably talk to Jeff Keeley or someone who's had success in the TV space. But I, I, <laughs> I, when I play these games, I go, oh, I... I see Ellen with her game of games. I see right. what she's doing. I see yeah. I see Howie out there opening briefcases on syndicated. T like, when are we gonna get the the, the party pack experience yeah. on the television, where yeah. you know the audience can join in virtually and vote and play along? But you have a, so, a charismatic host, and I'm pointing beyond me to someone uh, else in Hollywood. Oh, but who's have, behind you there? Oh, oh it's right. definitely. I mean, Seacrest or Hardwick or someone else is in the parking lot right now, I counting see. their money. <laughs> um, how, how, when has anybody approached you to take these yeah, to television? Yeah, we are, we are seriously trying to make something like that happen. So we are rebuilding our, I, I mentioned how we rebuilt our blobcast, our backend technology to support thousands of people. Sure. It's in the process of being rebuilt to support millions of people. So once we get there, you could envision a Quiplash game show live. I can envision uh, it now, Mike. I don't have to wait. 
where millions of people can join and actually vote on the outcome in real time. Of right? course, I want to pander yeah. to that audience of millions. So I want <laughs> someone to do that. And I, I well, look, if, if, if the rights haven't been sewn up yet, I will sell one of these Vizios behind me and offer you oh. that cash today, my friend, <laughs> today, because I would love, I would love to see that make the transition to, to a, a broader, more, more lean back experience. Um, yeah, cause we, I, I, well, we would too. We would good, too. good. Well, hopefully there's future discussions to be had. I know the right people. It's not me, but I'm happy, yeah. happy uh, to introduce. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Mike, a thousand thank yous. And again, uh, congrats to you and your team. Uh, the Jackbox Party Pack 5. Uh, if they're hearing this right now, it's available on PS4, available everywhere else. Uh, go find it in the store. Spend the 20 bones. Don't wait for the sales. You don't have to wait for the damn sales. Just don't do it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time. You're going to have uh, enough yep. fun with one or more of those games to justify your purchase. And if you don't, Mike will personally refund you. I promise you that. Is that fair? Out of my, my pocket. Good. I just carry wads of cash and... You need a refund, and I just yeah. whip it out. You're never reaching out. into that. It's not happening. Yeah. I, I know yeah. that. Are you playing <laughs> you, you playing the new Call of Duty, by the way? What are you playing? I, you know what? I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. We are so, like, heads down that I can't get sucked into that yet. But maybe in a week or two, I'll come up for air. I will see you in a hot drop, my friend. Thank you again for joining, Mike. I appreciate right. the time. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, uh, pointless friends and fans, thank you for tuning in. If you want to support this, you can go to patreon.com slash pointlesspod. Uh, no, no dollars go from you to me. They go directly to a nonprofit each and every month. We give them away. Uh, so if you want to contribute to that slush fund of goodness, again, it's patreon.com slash pointlesspod. Uh, and I'll see you online for everything else. Uh, Mike's being very kind and hanging out for me to wrap this thing, so I'm going to do it now. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye, everyone. That is it, my friends. I'm officially tapping out. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pointless Podcast. Again, a thousand thank yous to Mike for coming on through with this great episode. He threatened to give me a couple download codes for the latest party pack, and I failed to follow up because I uh, have a horrible attention span. I'm easily distracted. Someone dangles some shiny keys or a, a contract with red ink all over it, and I start running and screaming in that direction, uh, ping-ponging about the room. So my bad, but I'm going to hit Mike up. And if we have codes to give away, rendering this not in real time, I probably should have thought of this before. Why do I hit record and I don't want to say, well, it's fine. I'll just walk the tightrope. You can improv. You're smart. You're great. Oh my God, you're smiling. You have nothing to say. What are you doing? Stop with the self-doubt. Life's hard enough. You should be your own person, but sometimes you got to check yourself. Well, don't rely on the jury that's in your head to do that. You know, there's plenty of people that'll check you, but you can't listen to them because they're just haters. Maybe they're offering constructive criticism. Who knows? We will give those codes away on Discord. That sounds fair. That sounds fun. Maybe we'll do it during the Office Hours podcast. What? Oh yeah, that's a thing that I'm doing as well. Okay. Patreon.com slash PointlessPod. That has all the info you need to pay attention to everything that I just said. We got schedules posted over there. You can get links to our Discord. That's where we hang out. We chit chat. We post the schedule. We'll give away those download codes if I can wrestle them from Mike, we'll give it away over there and we'll do it live during the Office Hours podcast, which happens at least three times a week, sometimes more. And it's over on YouTube. And believe it or not, it's also on Twitch. For how long, I don't know, but it's over there now. You can get all the information you need at patreon.com slash pointless pod. And I hope to see you all chatting in our Discord. If you're out there, shout me out. I want to hear from you. I want to get to know you. I want to know your deepest thoughts, your darkest desires your dirtiest danglies. I'm searching for the stop button. Kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. Goodbye, everyone.